This year's North Texas Regional Football Show is brought to you by Power Plus Mouthguard. You can find them online at Power Plus Mouthguard as their mission is to help prevent concussions in youth athletes. They want to teach everyone to embrace the discovery of the physiological jaw alignment when participating in sports because that will reduce the risk of concussive forces reaching your brain and you will increase your strength and performance. That's right. This is a mouth guard that not only protects your brain and, and helps eliminate the risk of concussions, it can also increase your strength and performance by simply aligning the jaw correctly, which allows more oxygen in, which allows the brain to stay sharp, which allows your muscles to keep getting all the oxygen they need when they're competing, and you will be able to be a little bit quicker, a little bit stronger, and a lot more safer. Now, you can find all this information out on their website, powerplusmouthguard.com. And what I like about it, it also includes things like the data and the research. It's not just making these claims with no proof. You can go to the website, just click on data and research, and go through all the information about the testing procedures and about why PowerPlus MouthGuard is the best MouthGuard for your kid. And we're not just talking about football. You can use Power Plus Mouth Guard in any sport. But when you think about soccer, when they did that concussion study a few years ago, uh, soccer is almost uh, dealing with the same concussion problem as like the NFL is. And so Power Plus Mouth Guard is something that you want to look into. And if you're a weekend warrior, if you yourself play soccer or flag football or basketball, this will help you eliminate concussions and help you perform better. Check them out online at powerplusmouthguard.com. You can find them on Facebook. Just type in Power Plus Mouth Guard. This is going to be a fun show, and I just, I don't mean just this episode, I mean this whole series. Hello everybody, Terry Bennett here on the North Texas Regional Show, brought to you by Power Plus Mouthguard, right here on the S2S Sports Network, part of L4 Media. And why is it going to be fun? Because Matt Diggs and I will be talking small school football each and every week in the North Texas area. Uh, and, and that in of itself is fun. I love talking with Matt Diggs about football. And I really do enjoy talking to Matt Diggs about small town football. That's right. Small town Diggsy will be here each and every week or at least almost every week. Also, he's going to be joining us on my 7-4-A show brought to you by Grand News Bakery. Uh, it won't be weekly, but it, it'll be pretty close to it. I'm going to have him on a bunch. A, because I just I hate doing these shows when I'm just by myself trying to trying to just regurgitate information. I, I like to have somebody I can bounce thoughts off of and we can talk games and stuff. Uh, but also because he knows what he's talking about. Uh, you know, if you don't know who Matt Diggs is, he has been covering high school football about as long as I have. Uh, I've known him now over 20 years or close to 20 years. Um, he, he's uh, bombastic. Uh, he's opinionated. Uh, and you also, as you get to know him, you realize there's a little tongue-in-cheek a lot of times when it comes to that kind of stuff. But he also enjoys the game and is very passionate about the game. Uh, he was the 2022 Putt-Pal Sports Writer of the Year. Uh, that's an award brought to you by the Texas High School Coaches Association. And that just shows you the respect that he's earned over the years because there was a time uh, when I don't think any coach would have wanted to give him anything. Uh, but, again, they've learned the tongue-in-cheek was there, and they also learned that, uh, Matt can be loud and Matt can be proud, but usually Matt knows what he's talking about. And so it's going to be a fun year having him on each and every week here on the North Texas Regional. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, Matt Diggs and I, we kind of 
define the North Texas area and kind of show what this show is going to be about. A little bit shorter show this week, uh, time constraints. Uh, next week, we'll start stretching out our legs. And plus, you know, it's going to get better and better each week, especially when we hit district play. But we'll take a break right here on the Power Plus Mouth Guard North Texas Regional Show on L4 Media. Here at L4 Media, we talk high school football, 4A, 3A, and 2A in Texas. We talk East Texas sports. We talk NFL, guy talk, movie, and booze. We also talk wrestling and so much more. And you can see it all on our YouTube channel at L4 Media Company. Like and subscribe. Terry Bennett back here on the Power Plus Mouth Guard North Texas show. Now joined by the venerable Matt Diggs. We used to call you Big School Diggsy. You've kind of reinvented yourself here in the last few years in the small ball Diggsy. Uh, first off, how you doing, buddy? I'm I'm blessed, and and I like how you're calling kind of calling it the North Texas show. This is kind of a reinvention. We're we're moving away from just calling it DFW and widening the veil a little bit. And I, I think that brings, it's a little more inclusive. We're getting old, Terry. So we're being a little bit more inclusive in our old age. Well, I, I'm being inclusive and exclusive since we're only, you know, since now that I, I'm at a network where I can finally just talk for a three and two, a, it, it kind of, it was weird trying to call it a DFW show, but, but you are one of my favorite people when it comes to what you call regions in Texas. Uh, what is East Texas? What is North Texas? What is South? All that. You are one of those that, well, you have a strong opinion on everything, but you really have a strong opinion on the regions of this state. So I'm letting you as co-host tell me what you consider the North Texas region for 4A, 3A, and 2A, and that's what we're going to focus on this year. Well, the, the districts that I ran going in 4A Division One, uh, I start out with District 4. I think uh, Burke, Burnett, Decatur, Springtown, those are definitely DFW area schools. Uh, or not Burke, Burnett, but Mineral Wells, Decatur, and Springtown are definitely DFW area schools. Wichita Falls and Burke, Burnett in there. I consider that uh, a North Texas area school. I consider five, uh, 4A, uh, you got Alvarado, Stephenville, and Waxahachie Life. Those are, I consider those the DFW area schools. I know we're going a little south with China Spring and Waco La Vega, but my theory is you talk about one, you got to talk yeah. about them all. Uh, you know, you, you got to know about China Spring if you're caring about the, these kind of things. And if you're looking at even the whole region, you got to know who China Spring and Waco La Vega are. Uh, D district six, that's the fourth ISD district, district seven, Salina, Frisco schools, DISD schools, and district eight uh, with Anna and all the way over to Sulphur Springs. So I consider Sulphur Springs kind of that borderline of DFW yeah. in East Texas anyway. Uh, then going to 4A Division two, uh, I, I do not claim three, uh, three 4A, Wichita Falls, Graham, Snyder, Sweetwater, West Texas can have them, uh, but four, five, six, uh, those are kind of the districts I plan on. I don't consider, even though I would consider Paris North Lamar in certain uh, respects, a DFW area school, it's too far east to, to really rank. Uh, and obviously then you get out to Carthage and, and that's re re really where the bread and butter of 4A Division two is anyway, uh, and seven and eight. In 3A Division one, I start at district four and go all the way through. Uh, I don't go through, I don't count six, uh, but I do three, three, four, five, and seven and eight. A lot of people don't like Malakoff and Teague and Grosbeck and Fairfield as a DFW area school, but Eustace, that 175 area, that is De Cedar Creek area. That's definitely DFW area. I don't disagree. Uh, and I don't think you get far enough south to get to Fairfield 
do I hear a disagreement, sir? No, I said I don't disagree. I, I know a lot of East Texas will kind of try to claim Malakoff. And, and being from East Texas, when I'm in Malakoff, I don't feel like I'm in East Texas. If, if you go a little bit further out, you know, and, and start getting a little closer to Tyler, then you can start feeling that uh, East Texas vibe. But uh, uh, definitely not there. Three A Division Two. Uh, I, I, I consider the the Comanche District, which is five three A, the Holiday Calisburg Valley View District. That's kind of the northern. And that's why we call it North Texas at that point because that's clearly North Texas. Uh, on the south side, I consider seven, and then obviously the District of Champions with Gunter and Bell's uh, District Eight. I consider that as well. Uh, 2A, I love getting into 2A talk. Obviously, it starts and ends with Toller, my Rattlers, the uh, the Snake Farm. Uh, that district is, you know, I, I kind of consider that a very fringe DFW area district. Uh, you know, if I would cons- I, w- I would defer to Big Country as far as a district as a whole. But when you have a team like Toller in there, it's definitely a DFW area school. That's basically one of our best chances to win a state championship in 2A Division One. You got to at least talk about Toller. Uh, then six, uh, seven, and I skip eight and go to nine. I think eight is definitely a Central Texas team. And five in, in 2A Division Two, the only real district I count is 82A. That is the home of the Celeste Blue Devils the home of the wife's alma mater. And so that they definitely get my attention. Yeah. And normally they're in more of a North Texas district and they, they kind of got swung out into that Munster Collinsville Santo district. And so, they, and they feel a little weird out there. I have a Munster ISD show. So I talk to coach Carney each and every week. And he even talked about it last year. It's like, you know, our, our core district, we always are kind of in the same district. And then we always get one outlier and Celeste is that outlier. But I think they've played well in that district so far last year. And I think they'll be, they'll play well in that district this year as well. Yeah, I agree. And and I, I'm heartbroken because as a Celeste fan, I got to see them play. You know, when if Plano East doesn't make the playoffs, I'll always go to Celeste until they lose. Uh, and they lost to Winthorpe last year and they absolutely blew that game. They, they had yep. Winthorpe. They were up by three touchdowns in that game and blew it in, in, in the fourth quarter. Obviously, Winthorpe is a team that will play hard for 48 minutes, and you got to close against a team like Winthorpe. Uh, but I know that's very big motivation for Celeste to get back there. That 7-8 battle, when they when they play each other, it's it's a really fun battle. Well, let, let's just kind of you know go ahead and start there. This, this week, we're kind of just more of explaining what we're doing, and you just did that as you do so well. Uh, but but you bring up Celeste, and again, I have a monster show, and I think 8-2A Division two is very interesting this year. Uh, you look at Collinsville, and you look at the run they made last year. Uh, you talk about Celeste. They really should have gotten out of that game. Uh, I can still remember checking the score and kind of putting that, okay, they're winning. I can move on and pay attention to other playoff games, and I can still remember waking up the next morning and going, oh, my gosh, what happened? But that's the last team, Demetrius Rector. He's a Celeste star. Uh, he took them to uh, semifinal matchups back in the day. They return a lot. They, they return 16 starters. They've got Anthony Powell and Tanner Manor back in the backfield. They got an offensive line that's for them is pretty big. Cash Otwell's getting some looks at colleges. He's six foot two, uh, supposedly 300, but I've been told he's more like about 325 right now. Uh, in a district that I still think Collinsville is go- is the favorite. I really like Celeste where that Munster's young this year. Uh, Santo, I, they're pretty good, but I, I like where Celeste is again. And, and I would like that matchup again if they get Winthorst in that first round. 
I agree. And, and this district kind of reminds me of District 4-3A a little bit. That's where I consider my bread and butter, the District 4-3A report, uh, that I think you have a pretty big gulf. You have, you have the top four. Yes. You know, this district, I think you have the top four teams. And you're really not going to have to worry about making the playoffs. It's just about positioning and, and finding out. Because obviously, you know, if you can get a Seymour or an Archer City in the first round, your odds of, get, of getting you know a little bit deeper is better than playing Windhorse. Because Windhorse, they always bring a big crowd, and, and they just have that tradition. Obviously, a, a team that's won state and made it to state uh, in the last 20 years multiple times. So you, you want to avoid Winthorpe, uh, and obviously from seven, you want to avoid Collinsville. Uh, I, I really am interested in this Collinsville Blue Ridge matchup this week because I think Blue Ridge is a lot better than a, a lot of people think. I mean, they just punked around a very good Boyd team. I uh, got five interceptions against Boyd uh, this past week, and if they can if they can keep the ball and if they can you know just generate a couple of uh, uh, turnovers. I think they're going to upset Collinsville this week. Well, and I, I listened to your four three a report, and, and I heard you talking about how they did a good job of of. And I know Boyd wants to throw the ball, but forcing Boyd to basically be one dimensional uh, and, and getting those turnovers. And and I kind of thought Blue Ridge would win the game, but I, I was very surprised that it was forty one fourteen. But I I always do say that you have to pay attention to the first week, but you can't take it too serious because a lot of things will change. Every coach will tell you. The biggest leap for a player and the biggest leap for a team is usually from week one to week two as the game starts to slow down. But when I mean, you look at that Blue Ridge team, they finished five and six last year. Uh, they lost to Boyd pretty bad uh, in last year's opener. Uh, this year, 16 returning starters uh, for that era area. They've got some pretty good speed. And I think Collinsville will win it. But let's remember last year. Uh, 104 points were scored between these two teams as Collinsville held on late uh, to win 54 to 50. I, I do think we'll see a game kind of like that again. And Blue Ridge plays an unapologetically, maybe even harder, a harder uh, non-district schedule than they maybe should. And then you get in that district, which I think is probably the best uh, in at least definitely that region, uh, where you're going to probably get a loss to Gunter and, and Bells every single year. Uh, they are playing, you know, they're sneaky good because you know five and six, you don't look at them and go, ah, that, that that's a team you just kind of give a little bit of a second thought to. Uh, but they are consistently getting better. That area is growing in general, kind of the, the Melissa and Anna runoff is starting to head a little bit east as far as that goes. Uh, Blue Ridge is a team to definitely keep an eye on. Uh, I even like Lone Oak as a team to keep an eye on uh, as a team that I think could really sneak in because how uh, just absolutely embarrassed themselves. They embarrassed me too. I, I'll be honest. I picked them to beat Honey Grove last week and they lost by 64 or something. So it's one of those more embarrassing results where you pick a team and they lose by 60 and you just throw up your hands and like, why do I do this? Who, who, who would listen to me if they see just that <laughs> uh, pick right there. Uh, and then Leonard, you know, Leonard's a little bit down. So I think Lone Oak has a decent chance to uh, bounce back in the, as the fourth team in that district. Uh, but that is just the, the fun anomaly. And, and you were, Absolutely accurate because, you know, I, I even think of a little bit of a big school game just to kind of a, to draw a parallel uh, Lone Star in Texas high this past week, you know, Lone Star had six turnovers. So yeah. people are going to look at that score and instantly go, well, and, and you, you eliminate six turnovers. You're going to be a lot better. And, and even that Boyd Blue Ridge game, if they didn't get so many turnovers, that game may have been a completely different uh, game because I think Boyd, you know, with Braden McIntyre is a fantastic quarterback, but they're forcing those turnovers by having a, a much better 
uh, defense than a lot of people expect. So if they can continue to force turnovers, you're going to see that. But I completely agree with you. We're going to have some weird results that don't make sense when you look at week one this past week. Well, let's stay in the district because you brought this up again on your show. Uh, and, and by the way, before we let you go each week, we're going to make sure uh, we pimp out your shows because you might be doing as many shows as I'm doing this year. But let's talk about Gunner uh, because they're playing the big unknown this Thursday. They're playing Prosper Walnut Grove. I- I've seen, you know, like Dave Campbell's has it as a 75-point spread for Gunner. Um, I-, 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 I We know nothing of Walnut Grove, but 75 points, that just that seems like fool's gold right there. It, it is obviously, you know, if you want to get uh, Jerry Forrest up on the air and say, "Hey, you want you want to put some money down," you could probably put your house into uh, that line not being met. Uh, but obviously, when you have an unknown team, and we know because, and this is kind of where a modified computer poll. Malvern, the team they beat in Arkansas last week, is not a pushover. It is a very good team. And Walnut Grove showed me, at least, that they are a you know a very good 5A Division II kind of a team. And you talk about these dream matchups because you hardly ever see this many classifications between the enrollments. And, you know, Walnut Grove might have 1,500 to 2,000 students and Gunner has 354. Uh, so you, you've never, you know, you always wonder what if you have that big of a school against this kind of a dominant uh, small school, and we're going to get a chance to see it. Walnut Grove is playing a crazy uh, outlaw schedule with Anna and Salina and Gilmer and and a couple others. I think probably of that schedule, this is probably their best chance to win uh, and and steal a game. I'm going to take the heart of the champion, but I think we're going to see a a 47 to 40 kind of a game because I don't think Gunter is going to be able to slow down uh, Walnut Grove's offense, but I don't think Walnut Grove's defense is going to be ready for prime time quite yet. I, you know, we, we, you and I always will compare to things that we've seen before, and this reminds me a lot. Way back in 2007, my hometown of Marshall, uh, they were playing a brand new Cypress Woods, and I think they might have been on an outlaw schedule as well. And, and so Marshall was like, hey, this is an easy win. They had a really good team that year. Uh, they ended up making it in a, a couple rounds in the playoffs. And so Cypress Woods comes in, and, and you know, technically they were they were 5A if they would have been in uh, the realignment, but since they were outlawed, but they were already 6A numbers. And they just came in and just absolutely destroyed a really good Marshall team. And, and I'm not saying Gunner gets destroyed, and Gunner might end up winning, but this is not last year's Gunner. And I know Gunner is Gunner, but, man, they're having to replace everybody on offense outside of uh, wide receiver Cannon Lindbergh, who might end up playing – all over the place. Uh, defensively, they do return five, but I, I, I'm I'm with you. This just this just reeks of one of those games where because they don't know the opponent and everybody's like, oh, it's Gunner, they're gonna roll. I, I, again, I'm not ready to say Gunner loses, but I, I would not shock me if this is one of those 42 to 40 type games because I think one thing about it, Walnut Grove's offense is gonna be pretty darn good with that quarterback. Absolutely. And and I just have this feeling that Brock, just, just the, with the way that Gunner is uh, so young at defense and, and Gunner is, or in Brock is a team that if, if you, if your defense is just not good enough, they can go ape on you. You know, they can go to that next level on you. Uh, you know, almost kind of reminds me of Lovejoy in a way that, you know, if you're a really good team, you know, they will make you look bad. Yeah. Uh, or if you're, if you're just not good enough, but if you're elite, they, you get hit in the face and you have a hard, you know, 
Brock has a hard time answering. I don't think Gunter is at elite level, so I think Brock is going to beat Gunter in a couple of weeks. Uh, of course, I can change my mind once I see him in person, and if Gunter just completely dominates Walnut Grove, uh, and, and I'm just like, okay, you know, obviously Gunter can continue to do it, uh, but I am so fascinated. I'm, I'm making it a point, and, and I made it a point a year ago. I'm going to go see Gunter and uh, Brock in week four. That's the plan at least by week, and that, you know, what, what better game in the state are you going to have than two, three, a programs who both made it to uh, AT&T Stadium. Fantastic small school ball, and that place is going to be packed. Yeah, sideline to sideline, we're going to be there. And just talking to both coaches, they now I know Brock's probably going to move up to 4A Division two, and that might change it. But, but on top of that, let, let's talk one thing about Gunner nobody talks about. Uh, Gunner, the last three or four years, have had some of the weirdest schedules where teams are dropping out and they're having to fill it in late. They're having to get an outlaw team this year. Uh, you know, we always talk about, oh, Brock plays a tough schedule. Carthage plays a tough schedule. But, man, for some reason, Gunner just cannot get any teams to just consistently play them in non-district. And I, and I think part of that is that they won't punch up high enough to get those Good kind point. of games, you know, and, and, and I think if, if you punch up, I mean, if you call Texarkana Pleasant Grove, they'd come out there, they'd meet you in Roy city or whatnot. But I think Gunder has been a little bit scared, which is why I'm a little bit fascinated. And I will use the word scared and I will stand by that, uh, which is why I'm fascinated that they're taking this, you know, five, a school on that is clearly bigger than them. And, and they're probably thinking, well, they're new. And, you know, obviously they don't have the, the varsity experience and, and all of that, but they, they, they completely rated Rock Hill and Prosper. I mean, there are starting players who played last year, who got experience, who are going to be on this team. And obviously Prosper went four deep and Rock Hill was, was a surprise team. They were a little bit decimated once Ferry left. Uh, but I mean, these are two really good, well-coached teams that they've already got a little bit of experience in, and now they're being placed on Walnut Grove. This is the first time I've really seen Gunter punch up. You know, what is San Antonio Cornerstone? I mean, that, 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 you, you're, you're scheduling those kinds of teams instead of, you know, scheduling up. Uh, and Brock is really one of the first times, again, that I've seen them schedule a really good team like that. And they did, obviously held their own and, and won that game last year. But I think they need to punch up even a little bit more. Play an Anna. Play a Salina. You know, let, let's see that because as, as much as Gunter is growing, that's going to be their future competition yeah. in six to eight years anyway. Well, and that's part of why Billy Mathis wanted to get some 4A schools. It wasn't just to get them ready after they saw that – they struggled athletically against Lorena. It wasn't just to get them ready for the 3A run. It's because they realized that, like I said, barring a 7A uh, or them starting to stretch out numbers to, to get ready for a 7A, Brock's probably going to be 4A Division two, and you're going to be playing Pleasant Grove. And, and there is a, a, a few realignment scenarios where you could see Brock actually spin into Region 2 in 4A Division two. It's, it's a Region 2 is a really weird region in 4A Division two, uh, and you could see them – I could easily see them depending on – on like Sunnyvale and Caddo Mills and even the, the Fort Worth and ISD schools that might be. It, it's going to be a weird one, but, but you bring up Brock, so let's go ahead and go shift over there. I got a couple games from last week from 4-3 Division One. We already talked a little bit about Boyd, uh, but Brock, I, I, I was more impressed with Brock this year against Pleasant Grove than I was last year against Pleasant Grove. They played Pleasant Grove last year very well, but Pleasant Grove leaned on them in that second half and kind of out-depthed them uh, this year in that heat. At Roy City, Pleasant Grove wasn't able to out Brock, and Brock hung with them, and it 
It took a, a smart play by a player on what should have been the game ending quarterback sneak, but he, the quarterback, we have a Billy Mathis show and he's basically told coach, I could, I was trying to go down and they were holding me up. And that's what you do on that sneak until the, what, you know, the official blows the ball uh, whistle. Uh, but more importantly, they then answer with that 70 yard drive, tough loss, but very impressive for Brock in my opinion. Yeah, but the one thing when I when I consider Brock, it, it's a tough loss and heartbreaking, and they got better. But the turnovers, that yeah. was their Achilles heel last year, and three major turnovers in this game. At some point, you got to quit going minus two, minus three in, in, in big games because you cannot continue to win. It happened in the state championship. It happened against Bushland last year. I mean, it keeps happening in big games. And it's, it's now a trend to where, you know, at some point it's on the coaching that you have to fix this because turnover should be a net neutral thing at the end of the day. I mean, you're going to have some bad breaks and you're going to get some things you shouldn't get. But when you are consistently over a year and now one game minus three on average over 11 to 15 games, that's a coaching issue. And, and that's something that ball control or, you know, they're, they're not teaching the kind of security that is needed. They're not teaching the football IQ. Something is happening over at Brock where they got to get that fixed. Now I, I trust the staff over there to get it fixed, but you know, we're, we're losing that. We're losing the bad luck thing. We're going into a trend. And once you're in a trend, it, it says something about coaching where you got to get that fixed. Well, and for all the talk about bad luck, tough loss, th literally this is how Brock was beating teams in four, three, a last year where they weren't playing the best football but they were pulling out the win. And yeah, you, you, you give them the credit. They have that mystique that they, no matter what Brock can be down, they're going to find a way to win. But then when they play a team like Franklin where, Hey, they went toe to toe with Franklin. And again, another fumble where their players held up and he can't get down and, and the ball gets stripped of him. And that completely changes the game. So I totally agree with you. I think offensively Brock is still figuring out its identity. I don't think, I think that's the one thing since Mathis has got there, you know, that year one, you kind of just relied on what they had done the year before. Cause they had so many players coming back from that team. And then last year you had a good enough core from that team. You still were kind of doing what they used to do, but you're trying to, you know, Know, to make it fit into what you're what you want to do and what your offensive coordinator wants to do uh f you know philosophy wise but I, I still think that that's going to be the weakness if Brock if Brock doesn't win state this year it's I, I just I, I, it's not going to be on their defense it's going to be on an offense that's got to find its identity and then stick to that identity and not only do you have to stick to that identity, you have to stick to that identity when you're playing better teams and yeah. whatnot. It, it, it's all great when you can just go out and air it out because you're playing springtime in the scrimmage and your wide receiver is just way better than their wide receiver. So you can go out there and do it. But can you do that when, you know, a Pleasant Grove DB is, you know, a D1 fringe guy and can uh, stick with you and, and can defend that kind of a stuff? And that's one thing I'm even a little bit worried about Par Paradise because Paradise their identity is built on running the ball, but now they got a really good quarterback in there. And this, uh, their, their very first game against a team that made it to the tap state championship in Cypress Christian, they were, they looked like an air raid offense, just throwing it out there. And when they tried to run the ball, they got stuffed. So I, I worry about these teams kind of changing up their identity and changing up kind of that muscle memory for what has made paradise good. And what has made them, you know, that kind of above average level team that now they're going to be throwing the ball around 
if it works, it works. But when you get into those third and fourth round teams, when you got to play Brock the second time, you got to know who your identity is. And and Brock, you, Brock is trying to figure out their identity. And I, the identity that I saw in that Texarkana Pleasant Road game, I don't think matches their person personnel the best way. So it's going to be a curious. Uh, uh, a curious thing this year is we're going to see Brock progress, but I think Brock will bounce back this week against Wichita Falls Hershey. I don't like them against Wimberley, but I do like them against Gunner. And Hey, if they can get out of that schedule two and two after last year going zero and four, I think that sets them up pretty well. Yeah. I, I think one of the things that unless you're close to the program, or if you know the community, the job that, that that coaching staff did after that 0-4, because that's not something Brock had ever experienced. And and, and there was some, uh, you know, consternation and fear and what's going on. Are we, you know, are we not Brock of Brock? And I thought the one thing the coaching staff did do was kind of keep a level head and keep the community level and was like, look, it, it'll all start to pay off. And, and you saw that in that Bushland game. Let's not forget, man, Bushland jumped out early. It looked like they were about to just – absolutely road grade Brock and in that second half you saw that Brock of offense step up finally and again a lot of turnovers in that first half I don't think they had any in that second half but let's go ahead and talk you you're a big Rattler fan as you said and so you got to see a 4-3 a division one team in Peaster uh, play uh, Toller what were your thoughts the Greyhounds new coaching staff all that new athletic director you know last year they really really thought was their year they were ready to they thought they were going to compete with Brock for the for the district championship that didn't happen so they've kind of having to pick up the pieces so what were your thoughts on them in that first game well very uh, on the toller side of things i was a little bit underwhelmed and, and, I, and i hate to say that because i love toller and you look at how they beat uh peaster this uh past year 49 to 9 and last year it was 29 to 15 uh so you know you look at that and go well how can that game be worse you know obviously it's score margin and, and just the kind of uh, blowing out that they did that game was 14 to nine in the third quarter before Toller scored five straight touchdowns uh, with a couple of turnovers to completely uh, put their foot on their throat. And yes, it's, it's a hot, it's hot out there. You it's a, a depth game. And obviously Toller, even though they're a two, a division one, they're, they're going to be moving up to three, a division two. Yeah. So they've already got the numbers and they've got great participation out there. Uh, so they were able to wear down Pister despite the classification difference. Uh, and I came away almost more impressed with Peaster than I did with Toller, despite the fact that Toller won that game by 40 because Toller had a lot of, you know, just question marks. They're Peyton Brown, who you come out there and expect to be able to put up these video game-like numbers, 200 yards, long touchdown runs. Peaster completely shut him down. Now, they, in doing that, they gave up a lot of big plays to Isaac Blessing, the new quarterback over at Toller, uh, and, and through the air, they were able to do a little bit more uh, with that. But to shut down one of, you know, 2A Division One's probably premier player in Peyton Brown really, I think, portends well for Peaster as they're looking at this district four three a when you have pilot point who's completely lost you're looking at Boyd who is having to replace a running game that so far through a week is non-existent you're looking at a ponder team that is also in the same boat as Peaster new quarterback or new new quarterback new coach new system yeah all that's over there they have a really good chance to compete for that fourth playoff spot. So I think Peaster has got to be looking at that district and, and they got to lower their expectations. If anybody in Peaster, bless their heart, thought they were going to compete with Whitesboro or, uh, or 
Brock, I, I mean, I watched Peter get like beat by like 70 at Whitesboro in 2021. So I don't think how they thought that that team was going to get that much better in 2022. It does happen sometimes, but you know, it, it's very rare to overcome that sort of a, of a gap. Speaking of Whitesboro, they got the win against Crum, 49-28. They've got a good game against Bells. And, yeah, it's a Bells team that's reloading. They, they finally don't have the Baker brothers. But it's still Bells. They're still going to grind you down. I, I think this is an interesting game for the the, the, the uh, Bearcats. You know, last year 11-2, but they, they lose a ton of players, especially on that defense. And that defense wasn't dominating, but that defense – was a gate was a great compliment to that offense and they worked well together and I I'm curious to see how these two teams both of them have enough back from last year to be good but I don't know if either one of them is quite as good as they were last year yeah and and, and in their districts they they're very you know now you got paradise well you got to look at the paradise now when you're Whitesboro I'm like okay now we're you know if we're not where we were before we're even now in that third spot and that kind of completely changes the playoff road and who you're going to be playing uh, and how quickly you get to Brock so it's going to be a fascinating thing for Whitesboro to see if coach Fagan can reload because if you look at this team right now uh, it's very senior heavy it's like you got a a core of kids that were left over but you know, a lot, a lot of their biggest players graduated and the ones that are left are now all seniors. So over these next two years, Whitesboro is going to have to do a complete rebuild. And then I look at Bell's schedule and I look at their roster and who's contributing. You start to see some sophomores and some juniors, especially in that running game who are getting there. So I think Bell's is better suited uh, for the next two to three years. If they continue with that uh, system that coach West has obviously imparted onto them, it's going to be coach Fagan's test to see if he can do that as well. I think Whitesboro might just be a little bit ahead of Bell's right now. Uh, they have been over the last couple of years. They played some classic games over the last couple of years. I think Whitesboro, even though they're a computer underdog, for me, they're a favorite in this game because I think Bells is just having to reload with the youth a little too much. If this game was next year, I think Bells will be a favorite if they continue to play, but I like Whitesboro in this one. All right, we're going to finish up on this one over back into 5-2A Division One because we talked about the Rattlers. I was a little shocked that Coleman got beat by Mason. Again, first week, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, but, you know, again, Coleman's another team that they feel like they have enough coming back from last year's nine and three squad that they're going to challenge uh, Toller for the district championship. Remember that was a great game in district. I think it was 16 to seven or 16 to eight or something like that. And they were one of the only teams that really gave the Rattlers a true defensive uh, uh, issue on that Rattler offense. So I, I'm curious to see this week they're playing Ballinger. That should be a win. Uh, but I'm curious to see if that Mason loss was again, just one of those weird week one moments, or maybe if Coleman's coming out of the gate kind of slow. Well, they might be coming out of the gate a little bit slow, but in this region, it's, it's, it's okay that if you yeah. want to build up, because really you've got Toller, you've got Coleman and you've got Crawford and then maybe Axtell, depending on what you, uh, what they, what they kind of see if the, uh, in district seven to a, but it's a very weak region. So there, there's an opportunity for, for them to grow and, and to go through those growing pains and still have an opportunity to have one, if not two cracks that Toller, uh, but Toller is so much better than everybody in this region, except for Crawford, because Crawford is renting space in their head. So can Toller get out of that space and play a team like Pro and finally overcome that obstacle. That's the great unknown because a lot of people think Crawford is down uh, and, and maybe they are, but at the same time, 
I'm I'm always I I believe in Rick Flair theory wholeheartedly, and and when I see a very good Crawford team against Toller, and Toller has never crested that bridge, you got to default to Crawford. Now, I mean, it's, it's happened year after year. I think they've got a three-year winning streak on them, at least three years, uh, if if not longer. So Crawford has been there, and Toller. And, and because of Toller's lack of depth from what I saw as far as, as playmakers, Peyton Brown's got to figure it out. If that's their best chance to beat a team like Crawford. So that's going to be a fascinating thing to watch. Uh, I, I think Coleman is, is a bit, a, a tier below uh, Toller and obviously losing to Mason last week was a big surprise, uh, but there's still a clear number two in that district, but can they get it figured out before the playoffs? That's the big question. All right, and that is what you're going to be hearing each and every week from Diggs and I here on this North Texas show. Uh, it's about 30 minutes tonight, maybe 40 after intro and outro. Usually we'll go around an hour or so, and we're just going to – that's how you and I usually do it. We kind of start in one district, and we just eventually weave our way through it. And it's really great right now because you have so many 3As and 2As that are playing each other, and it kind of allows you to just kind of you know blend from one district to another. But this isn't the only show you're doing, so I, I'm, I'm giving you this moment tell us where we can all hear you and it's not just football man you're, you're even doing some wrestling talk and everything this year and people are monopolizing my time and i love it you know get, getting to do these things and and just to be clear for everybody we will talk a lot more next week oh, uh, yeah. we're, 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 we're on a, a little bit of a time limitation here but you know we're going to talk about Frisco Panther Creek and Paulina oh, yeah. and Anna and, and Kaufman and and we're we're going to definitely break down those things. I'm excited uh, to to talk about that. I'm excited about Frisco Panther Creek. I'm a little mad at you that you didn't bring up Frisco Panther well, Creek because that's a. Hang I, you on. know what I'm doing it right now instead of prepping my shows. I'm going to be selling <laughs> Frisco Panther Creek as a team that I think they're going to beat Arlington Heights this week and I. Man, that that looks like a very dangerous team and Carter is even better than they've yes. been in the past. 74A is going to be fun and we're going to be talking that We'll, we'll talk about. Well, that hey, you're not only going to be you're not only be talking about seven four a division one with me on this show, but I, I don't know if you know, but I have a seven four a division one show brought to you by Granny's Bakery in Salina. So you've just already booked yourself on for a, a couple of uh, times. You're going to come on because I didn't know you were that excited about the Panthers. I am too, by the way. I just talked about how that Arlington Heights game I think is a really good barometer for them because last year Arlington Heights, and Arlington Heights is a really good five a team, but Arlington Heights last year kind of destroyed. The them independence did too but look what the panthers did to them i legitimately think with as young as salina is uh, and yeah they're their junior and sophomore running backs and their young offensive line looked really good against that really down paris team i legitimately think the panther creek if they can if they can realize how good they are i think they can actually make a run for the district championship this year Absolutely. And six teams in District 7-4-A all won last week. I mean, it, even the bottom has gotten better. And that's what I love to see is when you start to, you know, talk about Wilmore Hutchins and Pinkston and North Dallas all getting better. It's going to make everybody else in the district better because it's not going to be 70 to nothing. I mean, they may win comfortably the top three against those three schools, but it's not going to be just a rollover kind of a blowout thing. But I, I am so appreciative that you get to do this because uh, I am part of Inside High School Sports and we have the digging for wisdom podcast uh but every time i talk to the wizard uh words the sold about talking about 4a and, and below after we've spent two to three hours talking <laughs> about 6a and 5a he just rolls his eyes and says digs cut it off uh so this is my opportunity to geek out over small school uh football and and to that end i've been uh doing 
three seasons of the District 4-3A podcast. Uh, the people at Pilot Point asked me to do that a couple of years ago to uh, lift up that district a little bit. And anytime anybody asks me to do something for small schools, I'm absolutely involved. Uh, Net SN, uh, I get to do some uh, Off the Ropes, which is a wrestling podcast. Uh, so I'm doing quite a bit of stuff. I've, I've got you on our, our North Texas small school. Uh, you know, I kind of consider it sideline to sideline. It's like yeah. you're letting me on sideline to sideline without yeah. actually making me have to deal with coach X, which <laughs> God bless you for that. <laughs> well, I hate to tell you that I'm not going to tell you when, but at some point this year, coach X is going to jump on the phone and, and he wants oh. to, he wants to have, and the great thing is, is he's as big of a wrestling fan as you are. So I, I that's one of those things that you know that's one of those twitter battles that we, we like to have but y'all two are so much alike that y'all are either going to love each other or absolutely just start a slap fight as soon as y'all see each other well i, I think you might be seeing a fight because you know <laughs> until he can put some credentials on it. and obviously if, if, if you if you vouch for him that, that that that's the best credential he has but i haven't seen it quite yet uh and you know uh, Grant uh, is questionable in his decision making at times. So, uh, you know, but you're vouching at your vouching means a lot. It's his greatest ledger. So I, I look forward to going one on one with the, the low one when it comes to uh, Coach X. Uh, and obviously, thank you for taking the time to again give North Texas a little bit of love sideline to sideline is a must listen. And it, it, it is, it, it is that kind of podcast irrelevancy, which is fun that I don't think we see enough. You know, there are some big name podcasts, even my, my big name podcast, you can't be as irrelevant as you guys are. You guys are just buddies sitting on a couch talking, talking shop. And I love that. I appreciate that. I, I've got to ask you, we'll close it out, but th this is just, you, you bringing up the podcast, you know, you and I, I always joke, you and I, we were doing this before we even called them podcasts. We called them webisodes, web radio, all the different names. If you'd have told me in 2004, 2003, when, when I was really starting to do this and I met y'all and I met Step and, and, and Billy and that whole group, I would have thought by now, especially with how easy podcasting is and how many non-high school football podcasts there are in the world, I would have thought there's a bigger catalog of texas high school football podcasts that aren't just local towns or a region and there really isn't i mean i, I consider us one of the big ones because we've been doing it across the state for this will be our 16th or 17th year i'm really surprised there's not more across the state podcasts for a sport in a state that this state absolutely loves yeah, I, I completely agree with you and I, and I think a lot of it has to do is there's there's just not as many People who are passionate about high school football, you know, I'm passionate about high school football. And if you started talking about, you know, far San Juan Alamo against, you know, Harlingen or something, I'm tuning out. You know, it, there's only a limited uh, spectrum of things that you can just invest in and care about. Uh, so to truly be a sicko and, and be able to go across the sphere of, of high school football, the way y'all do it is a testament to you and, and your audience. You've found that niche audience who, who loves that and you, and you know your audience. So you're able to speak to them. Uh, but, you know, I, people aren't listening to us when we're talking about Pinkston and uh, Sunset and breaking that down. I love breaking that kind of stuff down. And, and, and I think they deserve just as much talk as well. But in a podcast sense, 
they don't draw necessarily draw the ratings that other places do. And that has nothing to do with just bad schools, you know, just schools that have not been winning. It doesn't necessarily have to be Dallas ISD or Fourth ISD if we're talking about Nevada Community against Maybank. You know, we had yeah. a ten minute segment on Nevada Community against Maybank. You're going to hear clicking out. You know, people don't want to have a, a, a deep dive into uh, something like that. So it, it is hard to find that right mix. And that's what you guys have done. You found that right mix with your personality and the way y'all cover football. And it's been a fantastic listen. And hopefully you and I will get into some big fights this year and show the world what we can do. Here at L4 Media, we talk high school football, 4A, 3A, and 2A in Texas. We talk East Texas sports. We talk NFL, guy talk, movie, and booze. We also talk wrestling and so much more. And you can see it all on our YouTube channel at L4 Media Company. Like and subscribe. Terry Bennett back here on the Power Plus Mouth Guard North Texas Regional Show. Right here on the S2S Sports Network, part of L4 Media. And so there's a little bit of a taste of what Matt Diggs and I bring. If, if, you, if you haven't heard us before when we were over at the other network, if you're just now finding uh, our shows, uh, we just kind of bounce around. And, 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 and I wanted him, honestly, this, this stays between us. Matt won't listen, so he'll never know. Uh, I, I wanted his definition of what the districts were because – He's a lot like me. He bounces around, and so I, I want to be able to keep up where he's going before he's going there. And also, you know, I, I enjoy he, – he gets into this yearly on Twitter uh, with some fans about what team is in what area. You know, we're a very region-proud state, the state of Texas. As much as we love the state of Texas, uh, everybody is also very prideful of their region, whether it be East Texas or Southeast Texas or the Rio Grande Valley or the Panhandle or Dallas, North, you know, North Texas, all that fun stuff. And so every year, especially when he sees people saying, you know, oh, Team A, we, we, we're we proud of Team A because they represented our region. Well, he loves to stick his nose in there and be like, well, actually, uh, and, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted him to define what his North Texas was. So we can also keep him to that. And, and I like it for the most part. I, I think it's pretty dead on. And, and I think it's going to be a pretty fun show. By the way, if you have any questions, thoughts, or comments, especially questions, uh, email them to me, terry at s2sport.com. And then we will be able to talk about that on the show, if they're North Texas specific, of course. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll bring those onto the show as we get some good questions. And this is just what we're going to do each week. We're just going to take about an hour and just kind of bounce around the North Texas region in 4A, 3A, and 2A. And we hope that you're going to enjoy that with us. Again, this is all being brought to you by Power Plus Mouthguard. Check them out online at powerplusmouthguard.com. If you have a kid playing football or really any sport and they need a mouthguard, check out power plus mouth guard they are the future of mouth guard and it's nothing it's nothing fancy it's nothing oh my god technological you know it's just simply a mouth guard that aligns your jaw properly that allows you to get 100 percent oxygen to your brain shot down to your muscles to where you stay sharp you stay focused you're able to perform better and it's helping eliminate concussion so check out powerplusmouthguard.com until next week, I'm Terry Bennett, and this has been the North Texas Regional Show, brought to you by Power Plus Mouthguard on the S2S Sports Network, part of L4 Media.